morning? Excellent. Excellent. I like that. I like that. Remain standing as we get into the Word of God this morning. And I'm going to open up to the book of Acts chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. As we celebrate this Palm Sunday and this Passover weekend, we're going to go to Acts chapter 12, verse 1. And this is what the Word of God says. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some of the believers in the church. He had the Apostle James, John's brother, killed with the sword. When Herod saw how much displeased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. And this took place during the Passover celebration. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of soldiers each. Herod intended to bring Peter out to the public trial after Passover, but while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The church prayed. Verse 6, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard in the prison gate, and suddenly there was a bright light in the cell, and the angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, Quick, get up. And the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angels told him, Get dressed and put on your sandals. And he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel. But all this time he thought it was a vision. He did not even realize it was actually happening. That word vision literally translates to dream. He thought he was dreaming, but it was real. How many want God to make your dreams a reality this morning? He's in the business of doing that. I want to preach to you this morning on the topic, this will pass over. Come on, say that with me. This will pass over. Father, I ask that you bless this morning. Bless us with your presence here and bless us with your word. Help me, Lord, to preach this word today as you've put it into my heart and let it just change and transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we get into this topic. This will pass over. As we celebrate Palm Sunday and we celebrate the Passover weekend, which is this weekend, actually, I started reading the book of Acts chapter 12, and I, ironically, was talking about something that happened, Frankie, please, something that happened over the Passover weekend. So what's interesting about this topic of this too will pass over is because I was thinking how many of us in church, how many of us right now are maybe in a season in your life, you're in a problem or circumstance that you really want it to be over. You really want it to be gone. You really want this season in your life to just get behind you. You want to move on to the next thing. And I don't know what that might look like, but you're telling God, I don't know how much longer I can be in this situation I don't know how much longer I can endure this season, and I really just want it to pass over. I really just want it to change, and I want to move on to the next thing that God has for me. Some of these seasons might have been weeks for you, months for you, or even years for you, but you're waiting for it 
to just pass over because you're tired and you feel like you're stuck. I remember just this time last year, we were all on lockdown. Isn't that crazy? We were all on lockdown in our house, and I was trying to figure out how I was going to preach through a phone camera to bring it to you guys. We were trying to figure out how we were going to make the church trend. We had just got into this building and signed the lease, and now churches were being shut down. And I remember thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if we can survive this. I don't know if the church is going to close down for good. How are we going to make it? But the one thing I thought, I remember, was this is never going to end. And just one year today, we're here. We're still open and God is still providing. And it just shows us that there are certain seasons in our lives we think are never going to pass over are never going to end. But God is in the business of passing things over. In fact, when you look at your life, it passes over quick. And years go by, and weeks go by, and days go by, like a breath, the Bible says. And when I think about life and how quickly it passes over, Whenever you're going through life, whatever you're going through, realize it's going to pass. Solomon is in wisdom. Solomon is a great man of wisdom. And even Solomon said this in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 7, 14. He said, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, Consider that God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, a man cannot discover anything about his future. You know what Solomon says? When life is good, be happy because it's going to pass over. Enjoy it while it's there. Some of us, we can't enjoy the happiness in our present life because we're thinking it's too good to be true. It's not going to last. But God says when you're in a season of being blessed and you're happy, enjoy it because it's going to pass over. So enjoy the season you're in when you're happy. Don't think when is it going to end? Is it going to last? If you're happy right now, enjoy it because God says in his word, there are also days that come that are bad, that are rough, that are difficult. But no matter whether it's a good day or a bad day, God says, I want you to enjoy the happy days because it's going to pass. And just like the happy days that pass, we have to also be encouraged that the seasons in your life of great difficulties will also pass. One of the biggest lies the devil puts in your head, his two favorite words. Did you know he has two favorite words? His two favorite words are always and never. This is always going to be this way. It's never going to change. It's never going to get better. You'll never get over that sin. You'll never amount to anything. 
God can never forgive that. God can never use you. It's always going to be this miserable. You're always going to be depressed. You're always going to be discouraged. You're always going to have this marital issue. You're always going to have this problem with your kids. You're always going to be broke. You're always going to be sad. You're never going to change because you're always going to be messed up. The two most popular words the devil uses in our minds is now, is forever, always, and never. Always and never. But if you can just have the discipline to tell yourself, this will pass over. You can get through those seasons that the devil is telling you never. And always. The most difficult seasons of your life you can say will pass. And God has a plan for it. And this is exactly why I was so just amazed of Acts chapter 12. Because in Acts chapter 12, we see a church that's going through a difficult time. We see a church that is going through persecution. Christians are being killed imprisoned. Families are being divided. They're afraid. They're hopeless. They don't know what's going to happen. And this is the church, by the way. And I love this because it shows us that even church people have problems. We don't have it all together. Even people in church go through seasons of fear. Even people in church go through seasons of setbacks and trials. And in Acts chapter 12, we see a church that is hurting, that is afraid, that is so fearful, they don't even know what's going to happen, whether they're going to even survive. And as they're going through this difficult season that seems hopeless and impossible and fearful, what I find so fascinating about this, in verse 3, it makes a note in the Bible. And whenever it makes this note, It's a big deal. It said all of this took place during what? Passover. All of this took place during Passover. Not only just Passover, it said the Passover celebration. In other words, this was a time during the year that the people of Israel will celebrate God. Celebrate the freedom he gave them when they were enslaved in Israel and in Egypt. God would really begin to deliver the people and set them free from Pharaoh. This was the time that God spared them from death when all the firstborn children died in Egypt. This was a time that God says, I want you to celebrate and remember this day from here on out because I want you to always remember and celebrate that I am a God that delivers. I am a God that does the impossible. I am 
a God that does miracles. I am a God that can move and split oceans. I am a God that can move and, and create wonders. I am a God that even though you're going through bondage, even though you're going through trials, even though you don't understand what's going on, I want you to remember this Passover because just like that death angel passed you over, the seasons of your life, the most difficult ones, will pass over. God says this is going to pass over. So celebrate it. But how can you celebrate God when life is so hard? How can you celebrate this Passover when it seems like all these problems aren't even passing over? How are you going to celebrate the God of delivery, the God of miracles and wonders, the God of the impossible, when I'm facing things in my life that seem impossible for me to even handle? So these people are challenged with this test to celebrate God in a time of great difficulty. Celebrate God who passes things over while you're stuck in a situation. To celebrate God who performs miracles when you're in need one. So in Acts chapter 12, we see a church that is struggling, that is hurting. But God says, I want you to celebrate me. I want you to celebrate my goodness. I want you to celebrate my miracles. I don't want you moping around. I don't want you discouraged. I don't want you afraid. I don't want you depressed. I don't want you worried and anxious. I don't want you doubting. I don't want you miserable. I want you, church, at this moment to celebrate. But let's be honest. It's hard to celebrate during a great time of difficulty. We celebrate when things are good. We celebrate when things are in our favor. We celebrate after a win. But what do you do when it feels like you're not winning in life? What do you do when it feels like you're stuck and everything is happening for the wrong reasons and you don't understand what God is doing, yet God is telling you, I want you to celebrate. And the reason God is allowing this to happen during the Passover is because God is letting the people know in that church in Acts that the situations you're going through right now that are out of your control will pass over. That even though you're discouraged, this will pass over. Even though you're angry and it's hard to celebrate, this will Passover. I'm still that same God that does miracles. I'm still that same God that opens doors and windows and oceans. I'm still that same God that does the impossible. I'm still that same God. No matter what season in your life you may be in right now, God deserves the highest praise and celebration. Amen. That was a great one. That was a great one. But see, when we go through these seasons, we're tempted to just give up. 
Believing that it's not going to pass over. Believing that it's always going to be like this. It's never going to change. We give up and we stop trying. Maybe some of you are there. You give up and you stop believing. Oh, you believe in God, but you don't believe that He's going to work good things for, for you. You give up and you stop dreaming. You give up and you stop imagining. You give up and you stop trying. You give up and you, start, you stop asking God, why bother? And instead of celebrating God, you're discouraged. Instead of celebrating a God of miracles, you're just there hopeless. And as a pastor, I see so many people who even though they're in church, and you might see them singing and listening to sermons and fellowshipping with other believers, there's a lot of people that have given up. You can admit this or not, but a lot of us are good at doing life while we give up. We go to work, but we've given up. We go home to our families, but we've given up. We come to church, but we've given up. And you're just going through life, just getting by. Feeling stuck because you're convinced that where you're at right now is never going to pass over. It's never going to change. Why is it that so many of us feel this, this temptation of giving up? And the Bible tells us why. 2 Corinthians 4.16, Paul writes this to a church. He gives us this, this secret of not giving up. He says, this is why we never, we, the church, we, the believers, we, the children of God, we, that's you. This is why we never, can we all say never? We never give up. No matter what you're going through, you keep believing, you keep dreaming, you keep praying, you keep asking God, you keep hoping. Why? Because we belong to God. And he says, we never give up. Do you know how many years I've been in this church as a pastor? I've given up and, the, and the, God just says, you got to keep going. You got to keep preaching. You gotta keep teaching. You gotta keep counseling. You gotta keep inviting. You gotta keep doing this and keep doing that. You know how many times and how many people I see that just wanna give up, but the Bible says we never give up. That's why I'm so glad to be here this weekend because last year I thought it was over and this year I'm here because we forward fellowship never give up. We never give up. But pause on as though our bodies are dying. That means though we're going through a lot of physical problems. Our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles. Think about your present troubles. Our present troubles are small. And won't last very long. Let's pause there. Paul says, our present trouble are small. Does your problem seem small right now? 
No. But notice what Paul says. Our problems are small. Our problems won't last very long, very long. You know what he says? These problems will pass over. They won't last very long. And Paul gave us here, he gives us the key to never giving up. You want to know what it is? Is your frame of thinking. Your mind frame. You're probably wondering what a mind frame is. A mind frame or a frame of thinking is not what you think, but how. And how you think, a mind frame, is a thought that affects your mood, your attitude, and behavior. Thoughts are always running through your mind, constantly. But some thoughts have the power to change your mood. Some thoughts have the power to change your attitude. Some thoughts have the power to change your behavior. You're always thinking, even when you're sleeping, your mind is thinking. And some thoughts pass over. But others, they stick. And your mind frame is the thoughts that change your mood. It's a thought that has you in a bad mood right now. It's a thought that has you bitter right now. It's a thought that has you anxious right now. It's a thought that's affecting your attitude. It's a thought that is affecting your behavior. See, when you can't even fix a problem in your life, you can fix your mind frame. And the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. And the reason that Paul can remain so content so positive during all these trials in his life. Paul's been beaten, he's been stoned, he's been rejected, he's been in prison, he's been stripped naked, he's gone through hurricanes, he's gone through shipwrecks, he was abandoned in an island, he was bit by a poisonous snake, he was thrown into prison. You think you have problems? You haven't met Paul. But through it all, Paul remains content. He remains faithful. He remains positive. Why? Because Paul gave us the secret of what he does. It's his mind frame. It's the way he chooses to think. Notice his mind frame, he uses two things. He said, these present troubles are one, they're small. But they weren't small. But in his mind frame, they're small. And they won't last long. So in his mind frame... He says, this problem is small because my God is bigger. And this season I'm going through, it's going to pass over. So why am I going to get stuck in it? Why am I going to let it discourage me? Why am I going to let it depress me and change my mood and put me in a bad mood when I know this is going to pass over? But a lot of you are miserable because you don't let things go. 
You don't let things pass over. You hold on to what someone said, you can't let it go. You hold on to what someone did, you can't let it go. So you're choosing to be miserable because you fail to pass things over to God. But Paul was a man that said, this is going to pass. This, this won't last long. This is not a big deal. And some of the most miserable Christians I meet magnify small things bigger than what they are and can't let things go. Can I get a witness? They can't let things go. They make things bigger than what they are. But the opposite is seen in Paul. Paul made things smaller than what they were because he trusted in a big God. He knew that this was going to pass over, so why am I going to worry about it? It's going to move on. Is this making sense this morning? Your mind frame is messed up. Your mind frame. It's like this frame. Probably wondering, what is this? Well, underneath this black cloth is my absolute treasured painting. I love art. And I have a few things that I collect that I, are valuable to me. And behind this, this black cloth, is my absolute most prized painting given to me by Enrique. Give him a round of applause. He, he knew, yeah, good brother. And I look at this painting every day and it just puts me in a great mood. It's got, it has... Man, it has gotten me through some difficult seasons in my life. I love it. Priceless. Valuable. Does anyone know what the heck it is? Why? What can you see? It's a little frame. And I, I revealed a little bit. It's bluish, darkish blue. And now your mind's thinking, is it the ocean? It, what else is blue? I can't think of anything else that's blue. What could it be? Is it the night sky? Is it stars? Is it, is it outdoors? What is it? You don't know. Because it's a small frame. And I hate to tell you this, but I am. This is how God does in our life. God says, I have numbered your days. I have made all the plans. I have set everything in place. But how many of us know exactly what our entire lives are going to look like? Anyone? Do you know what tomorrow is going to look like? Next year is going to look like? You don't. In our mind frame, God gives us enough grace for today. Everything else is a mystery. And the reason that so many of us as believers struggle with our mind frame is because we want to know what it is. God, you got to tell me, what are you going to do? Where am I going to go? Where am I going to live? Who am I going to marry? 
What am I going to do for a living? How am I going to retire? What if I don't make it to retirement? Lord, I need to know. And God says, I'm only going to give you this much. And you're looking at things and you say, well, I don't understand. Do you have to? It doesn't make sense. Does it have to? God says, I've given you a small mind frame. And even though it's difficult to understand what this is, even though it makes no sense as to what it could be, even though you're working and frustrated and you're trying to figure things out, you simply have to believe there's more. You have to believe it's not just this. But see, what the devil tells you is, this is it. And you'll never figure things out. You'll always be frustrated. It'll never make sense to you. And God doesn't have any more for you. But as Christians, even though we have a small mind frame, and we can't always understand what God is doing, we can't always see the bigger picture. We have to believe that God has more for your life. You have to believe this is not the end. You have to believe that there's more. But see, when I look at this beautiful, priceless painting, I can't even enjoy it because of my small mind frame. You can't even appreciate how wonderful this painting is. Because of this mind frame. And if you knew everything about it, maybe I could appreciate it. If you tell me what it is, I will love it. And you know why so many Christians can't appreciate life? You know why so many believers can't enjoy where they're at in their life? Do you know why so many Christians are just miserable all the time? Because you're telling God, I need to know everything. I can't just trust you for more. I need to know what everything is. I need to understand. You have to explain it to me, God. You have to show me. But God says, I will not show you. You just have to trust me. I have more for your life, he says. But just keep trying to figure it out. You keep trying to understand it. But we just have to believe. There's more. That's what Paul is saying here. Our problems are small in comparison to the bigger things God has. Our problems will pass over. And God's going to reveal more in my life. But you have to let things pass over. You have to trust God when He says there's more to your life than just whatever you're going through today. And God calls us to live by faith, not by sight. 
If you live by sight, you say, well, God, I don't understand what this is. God, I can't appreciate it because it's just blue and it doesn't make sense. If I'm living by sight, it's impossible to appreciate the beauty of this masterpiece because I just live by sight. I can't understand it. But if I live by faith that there's more to what God has in spite of what this is, I could actually have the faith that surpasses all understanding and gives me peace. I'm not going to let my mind frame stop me and allow me to live a life of just misery. Whatever happens, you might be angry right now. You might be sad right now. You might be discouraged right now. But I prom- the one thing I can promise you right now It's going to pass over. How do you know? Because one day you're going to pass. And whatever you're worried about now, you ain't going to worry about when you're dead. I promise you, whatever it is, it's going to end. It'll pass over. But don't wait to pass, to pass things over. Trust God. Stop holding on to things that are out of your control. Stop allowing the devil to rob you of your joy and your peace. Stop allowing yourself to get frustrated because I just don't understand and it makes no sense. You don't need to understand. You just have to trust God. There is more to my life than what my present day looks like. And this is why I love this Palm Sunday because I was not going to preach about the palms. Because I realized that on Palm Sunday was also the Passover weekend. A weekend that God wanted His children to be reminded that I'm a God of miracles that passes things over and this too shall pass. You're going to get over this. So don't let it rob you anymore. It's not forever. The Bible shows us that there are these people in the church that don't understand why this is happening during the Passover weekend. And they're hurt and they're discouraged. What I love about this passage is right now in their mind frame, it's hopeless. They killed James. The churches are burning. The people are dying. We're being persecuted. Peter is in prison. And God, I don't understand this. It makes no sense. Why did you allow this to happen? You are supposed to bless us. You are supposed to grow the church. You are supposed to have favor upon us. And now Peter is in prison. He's going to die. James is dead. We're going to die. We're not going to survive. God, it makes no sense. And they did not even realize that God had more in plan. That God had more for them. So verse 5 tells us what they did. While Peter was in prison, the church prayed. The church prayed. 
That's it. They just prayed. And it's sad because as believers, we undermine the power of prayer. It bothers me when people say, well, there's nothing we can do but pray. It's like, what, that's your last resort? That should be your first one. Well, I guess we just, just got to pray. Nothing we can do, just pray. And we undermine the power of prayer. Prayer is what tells God, I know there's more. Prayer is what tells God, I'm surrendering this to you. Prayer is what tells God, I'm giving you full control. I can't do anything about this. Prayer is what says, Lord, I will not let my mind frame stop me. I'm going to surrender this and pass this over to you. When, do you know that when you pray, you are passing it over to God? That's why the Bible says, commit your way to me and your plans will succeed. That word commit literally means to roll something away. You know what God says? I have a rollover plan and what I want you to do is that when that problem comes, you roll it on over to me. You pass it on over to me. As long as you stay holding on to it, it's just going to burden you. But if you come to me when you're heavy and burdened, I will give you rest. Why don't you just pass it over to me? Why don't you just keep holding on to it? Why do you keep holding on to the past? Why do you hold on to the present? Why are you holding on to that problem? Why are you holding on to that child? Why are you holding on to that what that person did. Why don't you just pass it over? Prayer is God's layover plan. You just pass it over. You pass it over when you pray. And it shouldn't be your last resort. It should be your first one. The church had no idea what to do. And they prayed. Prayer is powerful. Daniel prayed for a nation. To be revived. We need to pray for ours. Peter prayed for a sick child. A child that was sick and even died. And Peter locked himself in the room. He got on his knees and he prayed. And the child revived. If you have a sick child, you pray. If you have a troubled child, you pray. When Hannah was barren... And she was watching everyone else have babies. She was depressed. She was discouraged. She would cry. And then she prayed. And God opened up her womb. If you feel like you're limited and things are happening and you need God's favor, you pray. When Jonah prayed from inside a fish, he was far away from God. He was living in sin. He was hopeless. He prayed from the depths of the ocean, the Bible said. He prayed and the Lord brought him back. No matter how far you may be, how sinful, how bad, how disgusted you are with yourself, if you repent and pray, you can return to God. Prayer is powerful. The church just prayed. And this is where the story gets interesting. Verse 7. They prayed. Lord, we're passing this over to you. 
Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell. And the angel of the Lord stood before Peter and struck him. And we read the rest of this story. And you know what bothers me about it? We preach this wrong. I've heard it preached before. And I liked it until I read it for myself and said, wait a minute. Verse 7, suddenly. Come on, say it with me. Suddenly. That means unexpectedly. Just happened. And we say, man, whatever you're going through, God's going to suddenly change it. And everyone's like, yeah, suddenly. That's awesome. Unexpectedly. It means quick. Has God been quick in your life? Be honest. No. At least not in my life. I prayed and it's been slow. And when you think this, you think, man, God's going to suddenly answer my prayer. Thanks, Pastor Dave. I'm going to pray right now. Lord, give me that spouse. Boom, there they are. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I need this page. Suddenly, boom. Thanks, God. Lord, I need this. Boom. If that were God, we'd all be faithfully following him. Let me tell you what happened. They were praying, all right. Oh, they were praying. And the Bible says suddenly the angel showed up and struck Peter, broke the chains, opened the cell doors, got him out. But while God was doing all of that, they didn't even know. What was suddenly for God was not suddenly for them. Come on, I'm preaching good here. What was sudden for God? God is a God that says, if I wanted to, I can do it right now, but I'm going to make you wait. You're not going to see it. What was suddenly for God was not so sudden for them. You see, while you're praying, your mind frame, you feel like God's not listening because nothing's happened. Your mind frame says, should I even keep praying because nothing's changed? But what that church didn't know is as they were praying, they couldn't see it or understand it, but God was doing more. God was working in the other realm. That's why as a church we're called to pray because even though you don't see it while you're praying, God in His heavenly realm and His sovereignty is working on your behalf even though right now you don't see it. So you keep praying, you keep believing, you keep asking because even though at the moment you don't see it, God is working, God is delivering, God is putting everything together. But we need to wait. Ah. Why? I don't know. No, Pastor, you need to tell me. No, my small mind frame can't tell you why God does these things. 
What I can tell you is, he has more. Keep praying. How many need a miracle in your life right now? Keep praying. And keep waiting. I love how honest Luke is when he writes this story. Verse 14 and 15. They're praying. When they recognized Peter's voice, because Peter had gone out, he knocked on the door, Hey, it's me! And the servant girl comes out overjoyed that. Instead of, she was so overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back to tell everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your minds. What were they praying for? For Peter to be delivered? And God did it, and they said, ah, you're out of your mind. You know what that shows us? Sometimes we're praying for things that deep inside we have lost faith it's going to happen. We're praying for it, but deep down inside you don't believe it. And I, don't, I want to encourage you. That's okay. It's okay. Because God knows when you're lying, when you're praying, you say, Lord, I believe, I believe. And God knows your heart. He says, no, you don't. But I love, I love God because God is a God that loves to prove me wrong. God is a God that will prove you wrong. So God says, I want you to pray even though you doubt me. I want you to ask me even though you think it can't happen. Because when I do it, you're going to know who I am. So why I love this church so much. We can see it two ways. I can't believe they prayed and they didn't even believe. No, listen. I can't believe they didn't believe and they still prayed. Which way do you want to see it? You tell God, Lord, I don't believe it, but I'm going to put it in prayer. Prove me wrong. I dare you. Oh, I dare you. I love what verse 15 said. The man that said this, he reveals to us why he had doubt. Why he didn't believe. You're out of your mind. That, that little girl said, Peter is alive. He said, you're out of your mind. Which means, listen, if you're in your mind, you lose faith and have doubt. Because in your mind, things are bad. In your mind, things are over. In your mind, you're going to stay sick. In your mind, you'll never get better. In your mind, things are out of control. In your mind, they'll never get saved. In your mind, you'll never pay that off. In your mind. But see, when you're walking with God, in order to have faith, in order to believe, you have to step outside of your mind and trust God. So as Christians, we are to be out of our minds. That's why I want you to pray things that are out of, out of your minds. Which means, God, I don't even know how this is possible. I can't even think how, but I'm going to get out of my mind for a minute and ask you to do this. You're either in your mind or you're out of your mind, but those that are out of their minds are the people that God can do miracles in. I could be here all day with people in the Bible who are out of their minds that God chose to bless. Out of your mind. 
But a lot of Christians allow their mind to trap them. They can't get out of their minds because their mind has you trapped inside. And all you do is think about how everything's bad, how everyone's mean and unfair, and how life is unfair, and things are never going to change, and my past is so sinful, my future is so hopeless, my present is so dark, and you're in your mind all the time. What if you step outside your mind and ask God, was Peter out of his mind when he said, let me get out of this boat and walk to you in water? Yeah. And Jesus got these spiritual goosebumps. Ooh, I like that. Come here. And all the other disciples, they said, you're out of your mind. But Peter was the one that experienced this amazing miracle because he was out of his mind. And too many Christians are not experiencing the miracles of God because too many people, you're just trapped in your mind. In verse 16, the Bible says, Peter continued knocking. When they finally, because they didn't move right away, when they finally opened the door, they saw him. They were amazed. When was the last time God amazed you? Can I preach now? You mean, you weren't preaching before? No, listen, let me preach now. How many want God to amaze you? You got to get out of your mind. You got to pass things over to God. Because when those people opened the door and they saw Peter, they realized that that very problem that had them afraid and discouraged and hopeless, it passed over. Do you believe your depression will pass over? Your addictions will pass over? That person you're mad at, they'll pass over. Your body that's diseased will pass over. How do you know that? Listen, if you, if you will die from your disease and be in heaven, the Lord has healed you. It'll pass over. The Bible says this world is passing over. So why stay stuck in the things that are going to pass? I don't know about you, but I want God to amaze me. God said, I could do more. Ephesians 3.20. Let me prove it to you. Now all glory to God. Let's really break this verse down. All glory to God. Who is able Say it. He's able. He's able. He's able. Through his mighty power at work. That word at is a Greek word that means in the present moment. What this tells you is right now. It's not that God will work. God has. No. God is 
working. It is at work. I don't know who this is for. It's not in my notes, so it's for someone here. God is at work right now. But pastor, I don't see it. You're not supposed to. you got to get out of your mind, out of your mind frame, and believe that God has more. Get out of your mind. And say, God, you're able and you're at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Say it with me. More. More. Than we might ask or what? Think. Think. If you're trapped in your mind, get out of your mind. Believe that God has more. And pray. In this passage, we don't see it, but I'm going to tell you. This passage reveals the power that God has. The story we read. I believe some of the prayers you need to start praying are the very things God did in the book of Acts chapter 12. For example, the church was hopeless because James had died. Some of you are dealing with loss right now. The loss of a loved one. The loss of a friendship. I don't mean just physically dead, they're just gone. God says pray. They were hopeless because they were praying for Peter who was in prison. Some of you, you have a loved one in prison. You have a child that's rebellious towards God right now. It's not even in church. You have a friend or a loved one that's not saved and you want to see them come to Christ. How hopeless is it when there's someone you love in bondage and you can't do anything about it? pray. I love it because I want to give you some encouragement. If you have someone in your life that you need to pray for because right now they're in some type of bondage, I want you to pray what the Bible shows in Acts 12. The Bible says the angel showed up and struck Peter, struck him. Why? Because he was comfortably sleeping in that prison. And some of you have rebellious children that are comfortable in the world right now. You got to pray for the Lord to strike them. Caused pain in their life. Why? Because when the angel struck him, Peter woke up and said, Lord, don't kill him, but hurt them. To wake him up. I can pray that? Yeah. You know how many times I prayed for God to strike some of you here in this room? <laughs> and when he does, I'm like, thank you, Lord. Because it woke you up. The angel got him up. You know what? Some of you are so down right now. Pray, the Lord can lift you up. The Bible says that they knocked and, and the doors opened and Peter was there. You need to pray, Lord, I, need, I know you're knocking. I know you're a God that knocks. I know you're a, door, a God that opens doors. You need to pray for the Lord to give you opportunities in life. They were amazed. The Bible says they were, while they were praying, the chains fell off. Some of you are in bondage right now to emotions. You're in bondage to sin and addiction. Whatever habits you say, if you pray, who knows? The Bible says the chains just fell. Do you believe in the power of prayer? As we close here,
during this Passover. God has more for your life. I want to be mean right now and take this home as it is and not show you. <laughs> but that's not right. <laughs> but God has more for your life. Now this painting gets me every day I look at this painting and it just moves me. It's a masterpiece. Rare and beautiful. But when you look at your life, you're like, do it already. No, no. You see how excited you are to see what's going to happen? Could you not get excited about God that way? Could you not just say, Lord, I can't wait. Lord, I know my life is really... I don't understand it. It's harder. Oh, Lord, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I can't wait to see what you're going to give. I can't wait to see how you're going to handle this because I know this is going to pass over. I know that in the end, God's going to get glory. God's going to get amazed. Lord, I know that this isn't it. There's more. And you go through seasons. And as you go through these seasons, God begins to show you more and more until it's revealed. This is my cat Judah. Who deep down inside believes he's a lion, a tiger. Who doesn't let the world tell him he's fat. slow see because when he looks at himself he knows and sees himself as a tiger he is that's why I love this painting so much because it shows me that how you see yourself in the frame determines who you become as a man thinks so he is I don't have a pet cat I got a pet tiger God has more for your life. Let's pray. <laughs> let's pray. Let's really pray, huh? Let's really pray. And oh, let's just pray. No, let's pray. Pray. Out of your mind right now. Come on, let's all stand. Pray. For the first time in one year, I'm going to ask you guys, three feet apart now, praise God, three feet apart, you come to the altar if you're in need of prayer. Come on. Y'all need miracles. Y'all need miracles, healings, troubled child. Three feet apart. You pray. Say, Lord, I have a small mind frame. Lord, I'm in my mind. My mind is out of control. My mind is hopeless. My mind is broken. Forgive me for not being out of my mind in my prayer. I want you right now before I pray for you. For one moment, could you be out of your mind and pray for something impossible? Come on. Could you pray right now for something that's so out of your mind only God can answer it? You pray for God to strike that person and wake them up. You pray for God to open doors that would amaze you. You pray for God to heal 
Pray for God to deliver. Because in Jesus' name, this will pass. There is more to what God has in your life. So don't you give up. Don't you lose hope. And in Jesus' name, you pray. And in Jesus' name, we pray, Lord. This Passover weekend, there's a lot of us here, Lord, that believe in the God of Passover. You're a God that wants us to remember. You are a God that saves us and frees us from bondage, frees us and delivers us from pain. You're a God that breaks chains and opens doors and opportunities. You're a God, Lord, that even though our minds have us trapped, we are out of our mind to even ask and believe in a God that can do miracles in the impossible. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for all the prayers going up to heaven now. Some of these prayers are healing. Some of these prayers are repentance. Some of these prayers, Lord, are impossible. But Lord, forgive us for being in our minds and let this pass over in Jesus' name. You pray right now, church. And Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this service. As we come to this altar, we surrender to you our lives. We don't understand, we don't need to. Our small frame of thinking will no longer hold us in bondage. Let us, in Jesus' name, pass it over. Come on, pass it over to God now. Pass over that sin that has you ashamed. Pass over that bitterness you carry with you. Pass over the shame and the guilt. Pass over the depression. Pass over the bondage. Pass it over because we serve a God of Passover. It will pass over. Say, Lord, break my chains. Lord, open these doors. Lord, we pray as a church. And even though it is unseen now, and it's not so sudden to us now, you are at work in our lives. You are at work in our church. And you have more because you are able to do more than we even think, ask, or imagine, Lord, according to your power working in us. And in Jesus' name, we surrender these prayers to you. And then on, we will keep praying and believing. And even when we don't believe, we will keep praying so that you can prove us strong. And I pray, Lord, for miracles to take place. And I pray, Lord, that we continue to stand firm because you have more than what we see. There is more than to what we're going through right now. And this too shall pass. In Jesus' name, say, Lord, I'm passing it over. And you tell him what it is you're passing over. I can't fix it. I can't change it. I can't do anything about it. Pass it over. Pass over that problem. Pass over that child. Pass over that sickness. Pass over that sin. You pass it over. And let God work. The Lord will strike. The Lord will open doors. The Lord will break chains. The Lord will do whatever He has to do to make the impossible possible. When God hears a church prayer, it gets Him moving. There's something about a church that prays that gets God moving. And that's the God you serve. Father, take these prayers now. And the, for the first time in the year, we are at the altar, Lord. And I thank you for that, Jesus. Because this time last year, I thought it was over. But you've been so faithful. Because you have more.
So take these prayers as we give it to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, present your requests to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your minds. And Father, in Jesus' name, we will not allow this to make us anxious. We will pray it over to you and pass it over only in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give God some praise today, church. Give God some praise today. Amen. Amen.